0: Hi everybody, and welcome to Missed Opportunities. Today we are doing Percy Jackson: The Lightning Thief and The Lightning Thief. And so it's I don't
1: know. it's Percy Jackson and the Olympians colon The Lightning
0: Thief. That is the most ridiculous title. <laughs> okay. Well, the
1: series, the series is called Percy Jackson and the Olympians, and then there's like,
0: uh, yeah, and each a, book I is different. Book. Yeah. yeah. So the movie decided to go with it. All right. So we are doing Percy Jackson and the Olympians colon the lightning thief.
1: (laughs) (laughs) At least I think there's a, there might not be, but we'll go with it. So (laughs) this is based off a series of books by Rick Riordan. It's the first in the series. Um, So basically the summary for it is imagine a world in which, the Greek gods from mythology are actually real. And occasionally they come down to Earth and they have children with mortals, and the children that are born are demigods. Think kind of like Hercules, except in the Disney version, he's all god, and then he kind of he doesn't drink That's the last drop of the mortality potion. But it's similar to Hercules, where he he has like these kind of extra abilities, but he's, he can't go and live on Olympus, he's stuck on Earth. Okay? That's basically what the demigods are they're half god half human stuck on earth and a lot of heroes from greek mythology were demigods including the hercules from the actual mythology not disney so percy jackson of course is one of them he doesn't know this yet um so as we go throughout the movie he has this monster kind of attack him on a school field trip And then he gets taken to this camp, and on the way to the camp, he finds out that, you know, his mom, his best friend, and one of his teachers knew something about him. They keep won't telling him, won't tell him? Dear heavens. They keep not telling him what is going on. Um, They just kind of rush him off to this camp. On the way there, his mom gets captured by a minotaur, which
0: is, oh my gosh, it's like a giant bull, isn't it, basically? a minotaur a minotaur is um it's a man with the head and feet of a bull well they call it the minotaur but it looks like just a giant bull in the movie yeah in the movie it's it's, he has hands though so he's like a man bull hybrid but like giant because he was like 30 feet tall in the movie depending on what shot you were looking at (laughs) we'll get to that
1: yeah so on the way to the camp their car crashes and his mom gets captured by the minotaur minotaur however you say that and disappears in a great golden ball of light percy defeats the minotaur passes out wakes up later in a tent finds out he's in a camp for other half-bloods he gets taken to a cabin very nice very open cabin kind of by like this lake gets told that he's a son of poseidon who is the god of the ocean and horses they don't mention it in the movie but he's the god of the ocean and horses so anyway and then they find out that the reason he's having monsters attack him is because zeus's master bolt which is how he gets all his lightning all his lightning power comes from this it's the most powerful weapon ever created it was stolen And Zeus thinks Percy did it. And so Mr. Bruner, who was his teacher, we find out is a centaur whose name is Chiron. Am I saying that right? I don't know. It looks like Chiron. C-H-I-R-O-N. He says, we're going to take you to Mount Olympus and you're going to convince Zeus that you are not the thief. Percy also finds out that his mom is being held captive by Hades. She did not die. And that big ball of light so he leaves camp against the wishes of chiron with annabeth who is a girl from camp that he's had a crush on and grover who was his best friend who knew all along who percy was by the way who's also a satyr half man half goat they leave the camp they go on a bunch of adventures and face a bunch of monsters eventually they have the master bolt And they go down to Hades, they get Percy's mom, they go up to Olympus, they fight Luke, who was another kid from the camp, find out that he was the one who stole the bolt and wanted to start the war between the gods. They defeat him, they return the bolt to Zeus. Percy has a talk with his dad, returns to camp, they get Grover back, and everything is all good. That's like a really, really overview, basic summary of the movie. Would you say that's not accurate?
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um yeah so that's pretty much what happens in the movie and we can start with our notes um so yeah if you want to talk about the so, first section
1: so we're you know, approaching this kind of like what was the other thing we approached where I had read the books and you hadn't was it no no not books it was last airbender ride right? seen the show when you hadn't correct I've read the books and Taya hasn't. Now, I will admit it's been a long time since I've read the books and because I read the entire series plus the series that came after when Percy is older. I don't remember absolutely everything, but I did a rough overview of the book. And the thing is the book and the movie, there's there's parts where they stay the same. Like the, the movie goes faster than the book. Like the opening sequence, like all the opening events leading up to Percy ending up at camp are sped up and changed here and there, which I can understand why the movie did that. It takes like three or four chapters before Percy's at the camp in the book because of other things happening. Like, it goes slower. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings. If you read Lord of the Rings, it's a long time between Frodo getting the ring and Frodo leaving the Shire. It's a long time. In the movie, of course, they're not going to sit there and show you like 50 years of nothing happening. They're going to speed it up. I understand. But once Percy gets to camp, everything else from there is like super loosely based on the book. Occasionally we'll throw something in from the book, for, but for the most part we're going to not and just go on and do our own thing. Okay, so ah! so my very first note <laughs> is the very first thing that we see, which is Poseidon
0: coming up out of the water. That's my first note. Um, yeah. So that's my first note, too. What what do you have to say about it?
1: <laughs> I mean, mine is based off the book, and I believe something they say in the second movie, which I know we're not talking about yet, but consistency. So we'll talk about consistency in the second movie, but based off the book, humans do not see gods. They don't see magic happening. There's this thing called the mist that kind of falls over humans' eyes, and so they see something different than what's really happening for the most part. And Poseidon wouldn't let himself be seen by a human that's just sloppy of him also in the book he dresses differently but we'll also get to that later but that's my note basically is like that's really I didn't like that they had Poseidon come up and immediately be spotted by a human and then the human just left alone either I wish the human hadn't seen him or there was not a human there if they were gonna have him come up out of the water as like a 50 foot tall
0: man that whole sequence. So mine, it was just like you know, the, the CGI was a little iffy, but this is more of a kids' movie, so I wasn't super offended by it. Um, but it was very odd, like that whole that whole first scene, because I was watching it, and first of all, Boromir's in it. Love him, <laughs> Sean Bean. Um, he's in it, and he plays Zeus, and so Poseidon comes out, and he's like huge gets spotted by a human and then half of like he kind of turns to water and half of the water like evaporates and then he's normal human size and wearing normal human looking clothing (laughs) and then they go and he he sees the empire state building he goes up to it and he's talking to his brother and it's funny to me because i was like there's something off about this scene because these are two very good actors yeah, and they're doing a very good job at acting
1: mm-hmm. in this scene.
0: but for some reason it just didn't like it looked so cheesy like wow. why are, I don't know. it was like it was like, why are we taking this so seriously? I don't yeah. know if it was text or what, but it was like. Like, the actors were doing such a good job that it was very believable. It was, you know, but then I, the special effects weren't super great, and so it made it a little bit cheesier. The camera angles were a little bit cheesy, you know, that the, the movements and stuff. Yeah. And the music is the next note that I have. The music for this movie reminds me of, like, a TV special where it's like <laughs> – something dramatic is about to happen. Dun, dun, dun. You know, it was just like lots of strings. Lot. I, because the shots, for one thing, it, it looks a lot like Harry Potter in like the very first scene of it is through the clouds, you know, but there's no music. And then the music starts and it's very unmemorable. And it's, yeah, I don't even remember the music, so I don't remember. I can't yeah, agree to some, disagree. it just blends completely there's nothing unique about it at all um it just is very tv special and it made it a little bit cheesy and it kind of i was like this isn't as good because it's not like transporting you into the magical world of peter uh percy jackson peter jackson percy jackson (laughs) it's just (laughs) sort of the start of a normal whatever movie you know so i wish they would have um, I don't know who did the music to it. I didn't look it up. But I don't I don't think they did anything necessarily special for this. And I think that it suffered a lot because of the music that was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But those, those are my two notes for that first scene.
1: Yeah, the first scene definitely came off cheesy. I, I did think that. I didn't write it down because as I continue to talk about differences between the book and the movie, as like things come up, I think that is one of the things. So Rick Riordan, he's a very funny. So it's, it's uh, I need to back up. This book is geared more toward children. I will say that um, because the it's characters in the book are yeah. younger. Yeah. The characters in the book are I younger.
0: <laughs> I actually yes. had that question. I was like, are they younger in the book? Because this, this storyline, the way the pacing, the, the, Think It feels like they should be younger because it's yeah. a younger story. And the yes. fact that there's so much convenience in plot armor with the three main characters, it feels very young. And the fact that they were like 14, 15 kind of was like, I think you guys need to be younger.
1: <laughs> yes. So in the book, they are in sixth grade. So like 12-ish. 11 12. Grover is a satyr they age slower and but he he he's old enough to be a like a, as you said in the movie kind of like a junior protector like he's old enough to be over percy and stuff but young enough as a satyr to still be considered young if that makes sense but old enough to like do stuff and, okay like,
0: so he up. was not supposed to be like 11
1: no the satyr is not he's but he's he gets along. he's small he gets along with percy was convinced that he was the same age as him in the same grade now of course it's his job to become percy's best friend so you know there's some allowance for that but yeah grover's a young satyr but he has been around protecting heroes for a long time for for at least you find out later in the book it's never mentioned in the movie but you find out in the book and in the second movie, if I know, he's been protecting people for at least seven years, I want to say. Five to seven years. Yeah. Anyway. So he's still young, but not human young. Um, so the next note I have is, of course, that they are 12 years old. They're in sixth grade, 11, 12, that age range. Um mm-hmm. And in the book, there's no mention of Percy noticing, really, that he can breathe underwater, like, for seven minutes, or hold his breath, I guess, for seven minutes or anything. There's not really any – that's that I remember. And, I could, again, I could be forgetting. I just kind of did a really brief skimming and read some things on online to get extra details. But from what I remember, he doesn't really have a huge association with water in any way. Hmm. Um. Not, not in the, the to the point where he's like I could think under there and I feel better with it. Like he hasn't noticed that yet. But to be fair, his mom probably wouldn't encourage that type of behavior because it would put him in danger. Which they don't mention in the movie. So my next note basically was that Percy is younger in the book as is, and Grover looks younger because they're supposed to be sixth grade. Also in the book, Percy is at a boarding school they're they don't get to go home at the end of the day like a regular high school they're at a really fancy boarding school called yancey yeah fancy yancey
0: nice
1: yes so that those were my notes for the next
0: kind of part is that they're at a boarding school sixth grade so my next note i mean we already talked about the minotaur um my next note is off is is his mom later his mom
1: okay my next note would be mrs dodds or miss dodds at the museum so i didn't really have a whole lot of notes with his mom and gabe when he went home what was your note well for one
0: it was very tropey i guess to say like oh Mm -hmm. he has a, a stepdad that like demands she get him a beer even though he's like two steps away from the fridge she puts up with him and it was very I don't I like cliche I guess is what I'm trying to say yeah (laughs) like yeah obviously he doesn't like his stepdad and the guy's abusive and mean and we hate him so um and then so that was just kind that was that part um I don't have anything because I was I had seen this movie before mm-hmm. a long time ago and honestly I remembered nothing like <laughs> at all. and so I was trying I'm like okay I know the guy in the wheelchair is something like yeah but I don't remember anything else so I was like no, I was we- trying to figure Sorry. that out so I didn't take notes okay so they go to the museum now this part is similar in the book
1: they take a field trip to the museum of course in the book they're at boarding school so we don't really have the interaction between Percy and Gabe and his mom at that point in time so anyway they're going to the museum the book the movie does leave out this really big part about a bully this uh, girl who bullies Grover and Percy endlessly Um, and this is important because what happens is while they're on the field trip There is Miss Dodds, who we meet as the English teacher in the movie. She's also in the book, and she joins them for the field trip. What happens is, at one point, the bully goes too far in Percy's eyes. Um, She bullies Grover, basically. And they're by a water fountain, like one of those really giant fountains they have outside of museums and things, eating lunch. And we have kind of a Harry Potter in the Sorcerer's Stone moment, where... Harry makes something happen without realizing he does it and, like, gets the bully in trouble or puts them in peril, where Harry, like, makes the glass disappear and Dudley's suddenly in the snake place. Right. Percy gets really mad at Nancy. Nancy's her... I think it's Nancy. Nancy, yes. And um, they're standing by the fountain, and the water comes up and grabs her and pulls her into the fountain. Everyone else swears that, like, Percy pushes her. Or some people say the water grabbed or some people say Percy pushed her. She says Percy pushed her. Miss Dodds comes and says, Percy, you're in trouble. Come with me. She takes him to her room. She turns into the flying harpy thing. And in the book, Mr. Bruner comes in, throws a sword thing, pen. I can't remember if he throws it in pen form or sword form, but he throws the weapon at Percy. Percy uses a sword to strike at the now har- not harpy looking thing giant bat-looking thing that Miss Dodds is. She turns to dust and then he turns around and his sword is now a pen and Mr. Bruner is gone. That's how it happens in the book. That is not how it happens in the movie.
0: No. In the movie, it was... um, She's a substitute teacher and she just kind of calls him aside, like, hey, can I speak to you? And he's like, "Um, yeah, like, super awkward. Weird. And then... She's like, Where's the bolt? And then she turns into the crazy harpy thing and then, like, flies around, grabs him, and, like, drops him from a really high height. And then <laughs> the teacher comes in and just kind of threatens her. Yeah. And then she, like, flies out the window. Yeah. It's not how it happens in the
1: book. I <laughs> think, like, the way the movie did it made it cheesier because, in the book, even though it is geared toward younger kids, you think that would be cheesier for for sure what happens is percy comes out of there and everyone is acting like nothing's happened there's a new teacher in the place of miss dodds in fact when he asks people where did miss dodds go they have no idea who he's talking about like just nothing yeah, they- so he thinks that he just literally had a psychotic episode and he's left that way for a while like that's how the beginning of the book goes so much slower like he has he thinks that he just had a psychotic episode for the longest time
0: yeah in the movie they just rush him away and they're like we have to go right now right this second <laughs> we have to get Percy to the camp and so they run home to his mom and grab her beat up the jerk boyfriend and then go straight to the camp which is conveniently like five minutes away <laughs>
1: yeah that's so not how it happens in the book. It's a much longer process in the book, but that's okay. so the the but the reason I was explained the difference in the fight between Miss Dodds and the book and the movie is because I do feel like the movie made it cheesier the way they did it. the way that he Mr. Brunner comes in and just threatens the bat thing. They're called Furies. we find out later on. threatens her away. um and then they're kind of like whispering right then and there and like leaving Percy out of it and I just felt like it was not paced well and a bit, like, they're trying to take things so seriously, but it's coming off so cheesy in the process of them trying to be serious.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I
1: really didn't like, I liked how the book handled it a lot better. It's a lot slower paced. They they tell Percy's mom, eventually she finds out what happens and they take, like, a a trip to the beat, this beach house, they spend a day or two there, and then Grover appears and is like, hey, they find found out where he is, and then they kind of rush to camp, but it's like a long process, and Percy's mom specifically takes him there, one, because it's closer to camp, and two, so she has some time with him before he goes. It's just much more, I feel like, what a real parent would probably do, um, because there wasn't, like, hugely immediate danger in the book. It was he's Yeah. In the book, it explains the older you get, the more you smell like a demigod and the more monsters will come for you. So he was just kind of reaching the age where they were like, oh, he's just now at the age where they can smell him and they're just going to
0: come for him. So, um, they didn't attack him in the book because in the movie they attack him specifically because they think he stole the lightning bolt because only, um, Like the gods aren't allowed to steal from each other. And obviously a mortal can't go to Olympus. So they can't steal from the gods. So it had to have been a demigod. It had to be a child of a demigod. And the only possible one that they suspect is the son of Poseidon. And which is Percy. And so they start attacking him because everybody thinks that he has the bolt. And they either want it for themselves or they want... uh, To give it to Zeus or bargain for uh, favors from Zeus. So I'm reading, I have the book here next to me. I
1: am reading, so it does look like she says she's mad at him. She says, you've been giving us problems. Your time is up. And then she tells him to die. And flies at him. And that's when he uses a sword. But she never specifically says You where is it you stole it give me the lightning bolt like she just says you've been giving us problems did you really think you'd get away with it your time is up die like that's what she says not a lot of clues there no so you see like there's not in the movie again I understand why you would speed things up for time and everything like in the movie it's very clear that oh they think Percy is the lightning thief and that's why everything is happening but in the book it could be just kind of like Maybe they're coming after him just because he's getting a stronger smell because he's getting older. That's what I'm seeing from the book. That's what I remember.
0: Yeah, it kind of mentions that, like in as the reason as to why his mom is with the jerk face because he smells so bad. Yeah, that's the only time that they mention like his smell and how monsters would be able to smell him and stuff.
1: Yeah, they do. I did. I was appreciative that they mentioned that in the movie because it's a very big plot point in the book that. Percy's mom put up with this jerk for so long, specifically to try and keep Percy with her as long as possible because she knew eventually he would have to go to the camp, and she was hoping to keep him with her a- a- longer. Um, but she also didn't want him living with Gabe in the book because Gabe is a jerk, so she also had him go to boarding school. <laughs> so I
0: feel like, I feel he like there's be- a lot of flaws in that plan. Like, why couldn't yeah. she just like have garlic all over the place or like? <laughs> i and think he gets home of- on weekends i think he gets he
1: goes home on weekends
0: or but he gets he's not so or like rover right. is supposed to protect him while he's at school and then this bench of the jerk boyfriend is supposed to protect him while he's at home basically yeah okay because that yeah. i think i just there's flaws in that plan <laughs> yes
1: there I'm are joking. that's why that's that's why mr brunner was kind of i mean he he said you know let's not rush the process but you know they really did think that safest place for percy to be was at camp so but the mom really they, they don't they don't kidnap children from their parents like they're not gonna be like your child's a demigod they must come with us no matter what you think like they're they're not gonna do that yeah. unless there is imminent danger like someone like a monster is knocking down the door then they're gonna grab them and like take them to safety both the parent and the kid but outside of that they're, they're not if they're gonna let the child stay with the parent if that's the parent's choice so it, it's been her choice she just had a hard time letting go
0: Um uh, yeah. okay and, so- he just
1: barely reached the, and in the book he's barely reached the age where you would start to smell him so he was safe for
0: a while um, so in the movie, they go like Laura said, they her his mom gets abducted by a minotaur, minotaur, whatever. Yeah, and um,
1: oh, I had to no know about that scene by the way, because Grover is the one who's like saying come on to them, like this way, come this way to the camp.
0: Is yeah. it just
1: Did he say come on at least 20 times? Like, I was so annoyed by how often he said it. <laughs>
0: I didn't notice it, but I, again, was just kind of confused with that whole scene. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. So the car flips over. Everybody's like, you okay? And then um, Grover takes off his pants and he's half goat and uh, smashes out the window with his hooves, which I don't understand the pants and the shoes and stuff. Um, well, that
1: was to hide the fact that he. I mean, the miss only does so much.
0: Yeah, so which he... I understand, but I just, yeah, I didn't understand the logistics of like him wearing pants and shoes, and he because he throughout the movie he goes back and forth uh, like really quickly. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so then the mom disappears or dies. You know, like uh, he thinks his mom is dead the minute he the minotaur um runs at him gets his horn he dodges and the minotaur hits a tree instead breaks its horn off and then percy uses the horn to kill the minotaur Mm -hmm. and and it disappears and then he passes out and he wakes up three days later um so first of all (laughs) he like watches his mom get murdered (laughs) Basically, like, and I I just wrote down, like, I take issue with with his reaction because yeah. the next scene is the introduction to the camp. And so, they're, you know, it's the Grovers making jokes and they're talking about, like, this is where all of the demigods live and here's the daughters of Aphrodite and here's these people and this people and this cute girl that is the daughter of Athena and... So I just, I kind of take issue with the fact that they just kind of like, why did they have these two events right next to each other? Because this is our introduction to the camp, you know? It shouldn't be a, like, oh, your mother just died. Like, I, I, I wish he didn't think that she died. I wish he thought that she was, like, captured. Like, that he knew that she was captured, rather than him thinking that she's just dead. Because he doesn't really react like he has a couple of lines in there where he's like sad or angry but it doesn't like like it's all too much happening and not enough reaction happening
1: yeah no i agree i agree completely with that um again in the book it takes things a lot slower so he wakes up and he gets to spend time with a character who's not in the first movie. He does come in the second movie, but he's on the first, which is Mr. D, who is actually Dionysus, Dionysus, however you say his name, who's the god of wine and parties in Greek mythology. He's been put in charge of the camp. Dionysus, Dionysus thank you. He's in charge of the camp. He's the camp director, owner, whatever the person in charge he's not happy about it either he does not like hanging out with the demigods Um, it was a punishment from Zeus um, because he flirted with the wrong wood nymphs I think is what happened he flirted with the wrong person and Zeus was like you shall be in charge of the camp for like 400 years and he also can't drink wine (laughs) so he can only ever have like soda or water he can never drink wine even though he's the god of it so he meets Dionysus, he finds out about Mr. Br- Brunner being Chiron and being a centaur, and he, he kind of gets time to grieve. They do have this grieving period where they're like, we're so sorry for your loss and all this stuff. And if I remember in the book, he does kind of hold out hope that she's not really dead, that she's just kind of being held somewhere, but it's not clear to him or anyone else whether that's the case for a long time. So he does mm-hmm. kind of get this grieving period and sees the camp and things. I also didn't like Grover's humor or the way he said his lines during that introducing the camp scene. And I think it's more the director than the actor's fault.
0: Yeah, I, I took issue with Grover's character a couple of times <laughs> throughout this movie. Um, but yeah, it's like he was the comic relief. He's the buddy, He, you know, and I feel like a lot of his lines did just didn't land, you know, like yeah. the humor was just, a little out of, you know, a little poor taste or just not that funny, you know. And so I I get that it was geared towards children and he was supposed to be a little cheesier and just sort of funny. But, yeah, I didn't think he was funny, so it didn't really mm-hmm. land. Um, I didn't dislike yeah. him or anything. No. I just it just felt like he was, again, kind of cliche, like the cliche buddy comic relief character you know
1: (laughs) yeah they Um, didn't really put a lot of Grover from the book into Grover in the movie like they didn't they because Grover really is like Percy's best friend and he does have a lot of sympathy for him and he has a lot of uh, deep feelings about things that are going on in the world like and they just really made him this huge comic and it just didn't land like the way he said his lines I didn't like I could tell he's a good actor and I was just like director why are you having him say his lines that way that doesn't make sense he got loud at really weird parts and also why on earth do they have the archers right there in the middle of everyone going in and out of places why don't they have Mm -hmm. in the movie like why don't they have a separate place specifically for archery instead of like five archers lined up where everyone's just walking Mm -hmm. around that doesn't make sense no it
0: did not make sense a lot of things about that camp did not make sense not in the movie Um, though yeah so in in one I'm just gonna say an overarching theme of this movie is that none of the characters are developed in any way like none of them are or have any like story arc there's no character relations at all in this movie um because it goes from it, it goes very much on an action quest like the quest story like a hero's journey quest story things like that it goes through it which is typically three trials and then um a battle at the end a betrayal and then the final uh the final action and then a resolution that is the that is the quest story arc type which this follows very actually on the dot kind of (laughs) they go to do this they fight this monster they do this they never have any time to become friends or to really show the friendship between um Percy and Grover and they don't show anything with uh what's her name Annabeth and Mm -hmm. like any of their um like camaraderie you know and and it's the story telling which I don't know how much of it is from the book and how much of it is not None. but the story very very little
1: is from the book once he reaches camp it's movie like they're like oh we'll take like certain things from the book but for the most part it's just gonna be not the book so like the quest is different in the book the quest is, is the the purpose of the quest is different he does not leave camp without permission he's given the quest on purpose and a whole lot of things. Basically, in the book, they think Hades stole the lightning bolt. So they send Percy and Annabeth and Grover on purpose with backpacks full of supplies to LA to get the bolt back from Hades. Are the pearls the thing? Yes, but not at all what they said in the movie. Um, they get those via um, Poseidon, kind of. Poseidon sends a, an ocean spirit to Percy at one point in the in the, in the plot near nearer the end, nearer when they're close, I think they're in California at this point when he gets them, if I remember correctly and she gives him the pearls and she's like, you know these will help you get out of um, get out of Haiti. It does help you get out of the underworld. It doesn't transport you wherever you want to go, but it does get you out okay. and he does only get three they don't have to search for them, they had no idea, anything. no one knew anything about these pearls Except, you know that Poseidon was going to give them to to Percy at some point. Poseidon, of course, knows that he didn't send Percy to seal the lightning bolt, but he's forbidden to help Percy directly, so he has to kind of indirectly send things and 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 such, along his path to them. But yeah, no the 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 quest is is different in the in the book versus the movie. When I watched the movie, and I was like, wait the pearls like they have to go find they're finding the pearls and like wait Hades shows up in camp and like threatens everyone like
0: what is this this is not anything like the book yeah I can so I was one because I was like this isn't a bad movie you know I don't like the pacing I don't think that the characters are developed at all I think that there's way too much action um yeah. which is just because I love action movies but they they have the action like as they sacrifice character um relationships and so that's when i think that you have too much action is when you can't show those relationships and they don't show those relationships like during the action because that is one way that you can fix that but yeah when so like they're at camp they do like the capture the flag thing annabeth like cuts the crap out of him and um (laughs) defeats him yeah by the way in the book they're on the same team yeah that and he (laughs) heals himself he figures out he has healing powers with water yeah um so first of all my biggest note with annabeth is that she looks like percy jackson's sister like those two actors look way too similar like dye her hair blonde or something like okay so in the book
1: in the book this is her literal description he see like he kind of sees her when he first comes to camp she's one of the people who comes up like when he while he's unconscious and he like hears her say something she's described as having princess blonde hair curly blonde hair and gray eyes also being the same age as him about 11 or 12
0: yeah definitely not she looks <laughs> That's why I was just like, she just looks exactly it's, like Kim. Like they need to be siblings yes. it's awkward that yes. they're flirting. <laughs> yeah, they look they look so similar. It's
1: I agree. It's really creepy to watch them because they do look so similar. Also, the dynamic between them is completely different. Um, between the book and the movie. And in the book, Annabeth specifically recruits Percy to be on her capture the, the flag team because in the book there's this whole plot line of there's a bully at the camp and the bully tries to flush his head down the toilet but like his dad is the god of water and so the, he just gets they end up getting messed with instead of Percy and Annabeth sees it and she's like you're on my team like because she wants to win yeah. <laughs> and she uses him as bait for because the, the bully and everyone who got splashed by the toilet water were on the opposite capture the flag team so she used him as bait so that they would go to that place where he was. And so he was mad at her after capture the flag, but he was mad at her not because she cut him up or anything, but because she used him as bait.
0: So I also have another question. Why are they training with, like, swords and shields and stuff? Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's their
1: dream. If you're born a demigod, you are a hero because monsters are always going to come for you unless you're born to a not-so-powerful god or goddess. The more powerful your parent is, the more monsters will come for you. So you have to fight for your life or just live at camp forever and ever and never leave.
0: So... They have to be defeated by swords, like people don't have guns yeah. or like guns don't anything. work on monsters. And they're so their swords don't work on humans, and guns don't work
1: on monsters. Does that make sense? No,
0: like no. they okay.
1: <laughs> it's because, I mean- they're Greek- because they're Greek monsters. They had to be defeated by like the ancient Greek weaponry.
0: I mean, I'll buy it because you know whatever. <laughs> but it's just kind of like, world. also why are they like would you i don't think that he would have gotten published if
1: he had been like yeah we're gonna train 11 year olds to like carry a bunch of guns around and
0: <laughs> well i mean i don't think he they don't have to be like the camp can just be a safe haven like why are they training for stuff like well it's, yeah it's never so really it's explained is, as to why they it were training. yeah
1: one is because monsters come after them because they just give off that smell. Two is because a lot of them want to go on quests. It's basically ancient Greek is still live and well and like all the quests that ancient heroes went on, quests still happen. They happen very differently in the books than they do in the movie. Very, very differently. You have to be given a quest from the Oracle of Delphi, who's not mentioned at all in the movie. I won't confuse everybody by it, but you go up, you get like a little prophecy You get assigned and you leave on a quest. And so you have to battle monsters. You have to be able to defeat them and show your worth to the gods or goddesses. Um, To be named a hero. You want to be a hero so that you can get into Elysium or Elysius, whichever it's called, which is
0: the Greek's version of heaven. The Elysian Fields is the name of their heaven.
1: It said Elysium in the something or other. It was the Asphodel Fields were like the middle ground. And then, of course, there was actual hell. And then there was whatever. Yeah. Maybe it is a different type of field. But I I just remember the Asphodel fields were the in-between. The
0: not good, but not bad. So there's... Yeah. So in actual Greek mythology, (laughs) um, it's the allegian fields. um, And Tartarus is... And then there is Hades realm, which is the in-between. It's like sort of like before you get judged your soul either so heaven you know you go one way because you did good things and you do good things you go to Tartarus if you do bad things and there's no um if you didn't like sacrifice to any of the gods if you didn't follow any like one of the gods um things then they're not going to pull for you to go to the allegiant fields so that's why people worshiped them and sacrificed to them and built temples and all that stuff So, yeah, yeah. so that's an actual Greek mythology Um, and I'm sure there's there's different versions because it's such an ancient, you know, mythology that it's been redone a thousand times and um, a lot of fiction has also come out of it as well. Hello, Disney's (laughs) was nothing like actual Greek mythology other than the names, basically. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, my next note was just the daughter of Athena is kind of a jerk, and I didn't yeah. really like her. <laughs> in the in the book, she's more
1: like, think of like a Hermione character. Like, she just loves books. She's very, very smart, very clever. She really wants a chance to prove herself. She wants to go on a quest more than anything, and she kind of sees Percy as her chance to do that. Now, they do kind of butt heads a lot, but it's more like they just she thinks like, you know, sometimes he does kind of stupid things because she's been training for a quest her whole life. She's been at the camp since she was seven years old, consistently living there year round. So she's had a lot of time to study and she knows a lot more than Percy. So she kind of takes his ignorance and stupidity, but like it's this, think kind of like how Harry and Ron treated Hermione before they became good friends, before the troll in the bathroom.
0: Which I got, I mean, I got that understanding, like clearly this is very Harry Potter-esque. With the three main characters and the girl being the smart one. But the thing of it is, is that in the Harry Potter books and even in the Harry Potter movies, we are shown just how much of a know-it-all Hermione is. And the fact that she does their homework or corrects their homework or the fact that she is always reading books or the fact that she's always talking about books, the fact that she's always talking about the rules and everything. We see it very obvious as to why she has all the information that she has. Yeah, with Annabeth in this movie you're literally told I've been living here my whole life and and I want to go on a quest and that's all that we're given she never had but she randomly throughout the movie has a spout of knowledge of oh that was the the lotus eaters oh that was this oh that you know like yeah she just she just has this knowledge which it it kind of is there like they kind of mention it they have like a throwaway line about you know she's been there this whole time so it kind of it tracks but it's it's a it's a tell versus show issue to where we never actually see her reading books we never actually see her having all this knowledge all we see is her fighting and then when they're yeah. out in the real world and doing the quest and stuff she doesn't really fight ever you no. know and so it's like, they built her up to be this warrior person. And so she's going with them to be like their warrior person. And she's not, she's their Hermione, you know? And yeah, so I, it doesn't very, well. No,
1: I agree completely. They, and I, I, I swear I saw a video actually not that long ago by these other two women who they do like videos where they talk about tropes and movies and stereotypes. And I can't remember what they called it, but it was basically about how there would be these women, there would be these women sorry. There would be women in movies who would be built up so, like, they would have an opening scene where they're fighting and they're really cool. And then they meet the main character, and suddenly everything that they were built up to be or do just falls to the wayside. Like, suddenly, nope, they're not that. That was just their introduction to show that they're, like, a bad chick and, like, they can take care of themselves, but we're going to throw that away once the main once they're like actually in the action of the movie with the main character
0: yeah and it's like I wouldn't they just I wouldn't have minded her having all this knowledge I wouldn't have minded her not fighting if they hadn't built her up to be like that was all they gave her she doesn't have any other personality besides the fact that she's good at fighting you know what I mean like like they don't give her anything else and she does come up with the idea to go to Luke who is Hermes son and he gives them literally everything that they could ever possibly need and want for (laughs) this quest including instructions on what (laughs) to do and how to do it yeah and it's like and then he doesn't offer to come and so it's like well he's clearly a bad guy you know, yeah,
1: so. so not the book. Oh, also I forgot to mention the one of the biggest differences. I'm so sorry. In the book, they do not know for a while that Percy is Poseidon's son, not until the end of Capture the Flag, which it takes a little longer in the book to get there. They don't know he's Poseidon's son. So he gets he gets put in Her- Hermes Hermes cabin where all of his kids are and then anyone who's not been claimed which is a lot a lot of gods and goddesses don't claim their kids which is sad and so he gets put in that cabin with a bunch of other kids and then at the end of capture the flag i think it's capture the flag a trident appears like a magical symbol trident not a real one appears over his head and of course they see the power he has with the water and then they're like oh poseidon has claimed you you're a son and that's when he gets moved to a cabin by himself which he hates because he hates being alone with all his thoughts and feelings in this new place after his mom has either been captured or killed. He can't decide which. So I forgot to mention that that's one of the big, in the movie they know from like the beginning he's Poseidon's son in the book. They have no clue, no clue. You're like, you're a God of some yeah. sort. Have fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. They just, I kind of wish they had spent more time at camp and less time traveling around. Because yeah. again, I feel like the relationships really suffered. So, one hundred percent. And again, his, him like mourning his mother kind of suffered. <laughs> um, and him mourning so his then- mother
1: suffered. The action they they did. I feel like they put a lot more action in the movie than from the book. Which again, I understand why you would think you would have to. You know, if the book is maybe slower paced or has a bit less action in it, you feel like you would have to put more in the movie to make it interesting and keep it going. But I also but you feel don't. like movies... But you don't. Yeah, that's the thing. But you don't. Like, movies, I feel like, Lord of the Rings, which are my favorite movies ever, so I'll always compare things to them. But I feel like it has an appropriate amount of action versus when they're walking or talking or building character. Like, they're
0: not constantly fighting. You know? Yeah, like, I feel like in this movie, they went from one kind of catastrophe action scene to another catastrophe action scene to another catastrophe action scene. Like they yeah. just kept going from action scene to action scene. It was kind of like a musical <laughs> where it's like, rather than a a musical number, it was like an action scene to where it's like, there's like little lines of dialogue in between. And then it's, you just go into the next musical number and all that, Happens in between the musical numbers is yeah, whatever dialogue (laughs) is needed to get you to the next number. That's what it felt like, and I don't like it when musicals do that, and I don't like it when action movies do that. It was just like, I want story, you guys, like, give me some story, give me some character, give me some depth, not just this quest, yeah, and action scene. So, yeah, because I mean, I mean, they're traveling across America, like, they go Mm -hmm. from I don't remember where the first one was, but then they go to Nashville and they drive to California in a truck that they just I don't remember how they found that truck. I don't again,
1: remember. not like the book, the quest. I really do have to emphasize just how different the quest from the book, to the movie, how they travel is different. Why they travel to places is different, like just everything. So I'm, I'm kind of going to stop comparing because honestly, it would just take me the whole podcast to explain <laughs> what, <the laughs> bo- what happened in the book versus them. It would just know that everything in the quest, they, they do go to Auntie M's whatever the rest magical garden gnome emporium thing is. They do go there for very different reasons. They end up there kind of by accident. Um, and then they, I don't remember them going to the Parthenon. I know for a fact, I'm pretty darn sure they do not face a Hydra at the Parthenon in Nashville. I'm pretty darn sure of that. I don't think that that happened. And (laughs) again, how they travel, like their methods of traveling and everything are very different. um, And who they beat along the quest is different. Ares is completely cut out of this movie. He is a very, very big player in the book. So.
0: Yeah, he's one of my favorite, like, in, in actual mythology, he's one of my favorite gods to study. Um, yeah. Also, I just have to mention since we're on the topic of actual gods in mythology, so there's another like info drop from Annabeth where she's like, "Oh, Persephone is stuck with Hades, and so she has these pearls. She has so she can bring visitors down to the underworld." Okay, I really have a hard time with that because I love the story of Persephone and Hades. Pomegranate seeds, isn't it? Yeah. No, okay, so I'm just going to tell everybody so that everybody understands. (laughs) So Hades is the god of the underworld. He was banished down there by Zeus. He doesn't like his job. He's actually a really nice guy, but he can't be in the real world for very long. He goes up there, and he sees this girl. He falls madly in love with her because he's a shy dude. He kidnaps her. Bad on him. He, But he's in love with her, and he's in love with her. He wants her to be in love with him, but she's like, no, you kidnapped me, creeper. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to let you go. And so she goes back, but secretly, she fell in love with him as well. She was in love with him. She wanted to be with him, and her mom – um wanted her back on her mom was like the is mother nature basically. And so her mother sent the world into um, like eternal winter until she got her daughter back. So like, everybody's like mad at Hades, like, yo, give the daughter back. And the daughter is, and Persephone is like, I don't want to go back anymore. Now that you've given me my freedom, I kind of don't want to go back because I love you. And, but her mom is freezing the world. And so she's like, "Okay, I'm going to go back. But my mom's not going to let me come back if I go. So I don't want to go. So then she eats three pomegranate seeds, because if you eat any food from the underworld, you cannot leave. And that was a testament to the fact that he loved her and he didn't want to force her to stay there because he made sure that all of the food she ate was brought from the the upper world (laughs) so that she was never stuck there. He never wanted her to be stuck there but she decided to eat the pomegranate seeds because she loved him. <laughs> and then because she ate the pomegranate seeds, she had to come back to the underworld. And then for him to prove that he loved her every year around spring or around fall, he would go pick her up, bring her to the underworld. The world would be in winter until she came back and she had to s- stay in the underworld for three months because she ate three pomegranate seeds. And that's why we have a three month winter increase. <laughs> yes that is the story I'm sorry I'm sorry but I love that story and it's one of my favorites and it bothers me when she's like she hates him she's like he's counter trapped and and then you meet her and she's horrible and I was just like no she's supposed to be sweet and demure and everybody loves her why is she a slut It's like hitting (laughs) on a teenager and like uh, I I was not happy with that. I was not Holy happy battle. with anyone hitting on the teenagers. Can we just
1: point out Medusa hits on Percy? Right? Like, why is this okay, people? They, <laughs> I, uh, I didn't and like you it. It's if you think about the fact
0: that in the book they're like 12. Right? Like, they're supposed to be like 11, 12, and you just have these creeper cougar ladies. Oh, uh, I didn't like it. So, yeah. the first time. Everything.
1: Different from book, different from mythology. <laughs> Everything is different. So Vic Rewarden, he, I feel like he kept pretty close to mythology, to the mythology. Of course, he takes liberties here and there. He's very, I don't know if tongue-in-cheek is the right w- word. Let me give you an example of the kind of humor he ca- he has in his books. So Poseidon, at the end, re- I already explained he goes up to Olympus and has a talk with his dad. His dad is dressed in like a Hawaiian t-shirt and like baggy cargo shorts and sandals and like super like laid back in his chair, modern take and humor that Rick Riordan has throughout his books with the gods. Oh. And also like when they get taken on the ferry across to the underworld in the book, he's the, the ferryman is writing a very expensive Italian suit. And one of the ways they convince him to, to take them across is not only paying him, the Dakras but also Percy's like I'll mention to Hades to give you a pay raise and he actually does mention it to Hades
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and like, like that's just like what how Rick Gordon and I love it I think it's such great funny humor and I think it's a really fun interpretation especially for kids to have Greek mythology so I don't the the, the part in the movie I think that really upset a lot of fans was because they tried to take it so seriously it came off as cheesy but like the wrong kind yeah like it's not
0: it's like it's not cute enough to be cheesy but it's not like a serious enough tale to be a serious tale (laughs) yeah and I think that
1: ticks off a lot of fans because we know Rick Riordan again this series specifically is for children there are things that you know probably don't make sense like he doesn't really take the time I think until other books to mention about the weapons thing because like what kid is going to be reading that I'm like why don't they just use because you're a kid but again he has like the god of the sea dressing like he's on Hawaiian vacation and in the yeah. movie you first see him and he comes out in like armor and then like dresses in like super dark clothes and I'm like where's Poseidon what
0: are you doing <laughs> to him like the yeah, very I- first thing and you've already offended the fans yeah. So I think it's funny because obviously we have to compare this to Harry Potter. But um, yeah. so Harry Potter is considered young adult, even when even when it was um, when he was 11 and everything like that. Like it was still in the young adult genre. Yeah. Um, Percy Jackson is a mid grade book, which means it's for a young, it's the younger it's the audience younger than Harry Potter. Um, even though the characters are the same uh, they're the same age and it's basically the same type type of story where you know it's adventure it's magic it's things like that three main characters stuff but and it's a hidden world within our world it's not a high fantasy where everything is a completely different world this is modern day our lives and it's and there's a hidden world within it Um, and so you can the way the reason why Harry Potter worked was because it it didn't shy away like it knew what it was and it didn't shy away from it I feel like this one was trying to be YA rather than trying to be mid-grade you know what I mean it was trying to be more adult whereas Harry Potter was um it was more adult but it was also a lot cheesier at the same time you know like it just worked and Sadly, the movies were a lot more adult than the the books were a lot more whimsical, even for Harry Potter, like, Budge is supposed to have a bright green bowler hat, they're supposed to not know how to dress like muggles, you know, like, the, the more that the movies went on, <clears throat> the less whimsical the, the Wizarding World became.
1: This yeah. one, I don't
0: know, this one, it just right out of the gate just lost all whimsy. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. just action and... They left no room for whimsy. Yeah, none at all. And and they have really good actors, but I feel like the actors that they have, I mean, they have literally, one of, the, yeah, literally one of the characters from Lord of the Rings, which is the biggest high fantasy ever, you know. And <clears throat> and so it's kind of like you you are going for an epic movie like that's why I feel like that's why they dress them in like the dark clothing and they dress him in like the Greek The Greek god clothing and stuff like that, and they have him, you know, uh, doing swords and fighting like that. I feel like they were trying to go for like a Lord of the Rings epic fantasy. When this wasn't an epic fantasy, (laughs) you know, it's a Mm. mid grade geared towards children, fun story that has action in it, and it's and and I feel like it's it's geared towards boys more than Harry Potter was was. Um, because it's got more action it's got fighting and things like that so it was it was a really good book and good series for boys and I feel like this just was trying a little too hard like I still I enjoyed the movie I'll be honest I enjoyed it but I could I could sense it trying a little too hard (laughs) to not be mid-grade when it's mid-grade you know it's do you think that's why they cast the tree the main trio
1: is so much older yeah that would be my guess. Oh, that makes me so ticked because I I know you said like this series is probably more for boys and everything. I I don't know that many boys who've read it. I know more girls who've read it but that's probably just my circle of friends because I have friends who like obviously have the same interests as me and stuff. Um, I love the Percy Jackson books the first series. I also believe I like the second series. <laughs> I don't remember a whole lot. It's been a very long time since I read them the second series is definitely YA it's definitely for an older audience Um, but the first series is very much for kids and I love these books I love Rick Riordan's sense of humor he's gone on to do multiple series of different mythology so he started off with the Greek and Percy Jackson he went on to do Roman mythology that kind of got mixed up with the Percy Jackson world he's done Norse mythology and I believe Egyptian mythology so
0: those are great. great Sorry, what? I said those are really good ones. Just so y'all know the reason why I <laughs> care about mythology. <laughs> so I majored in mythology in college for a hot second. <laughs> I love mythology. I I've studied it from all over the world. I really enjoy it. But because I've studied it all over the world and I am the like scatterbrain that I am, I do forget things and get things yeah. confused. But my favorites are my favorites. And,
1: (laughs) and so I know them very well. (laughs) And made a career, I mean, he was already a writer, obviously, but he's, he's made a very lucrative career for writing children's and YA books based in mythology with enough truth in there that you do learn what the general consensus on the stories are, but you Mm -hmm. still have that kind of sense of humor. It's still geared toward the appropriate, appropriate age for, for the audience of the books. And I really the reason I think a lot of people who love the books or even liked the books hated the movie was because they saw a lot of what made the book so fun and special being stripped away. Yeah. From the get like go. And,
0: yeah. I feel like what you have to do when you're adapting something from one medium into another medium and telling the same story, you have to capture the feel of it. And that's what people are going, like the heart and soul of the story. And I feel like that's why certain movies just don't land and other movies do. They cut out a lot of stuff in Harry Potter. They well, changed a lot of things in Harry Potter. But mm-hmm. the feel of that was still the same. You know what I mean? The feel of it, the core of it, the 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 likability of Harry being just so... Um, he's, he's really brave, but he also just has really no ex, um, special skills, you know, he's, and he recognizes that and it, it's about him and it's about their relationships that he creates and the friendships that he creates, despite all of the stuff going on around him, you know? Yeah. Um, and the feel of it is the same. Like they captured, they figured out <laughs> what the feel of the book was and they captured it in, in movie form. And it's really hard to do. And that's why a lot of these series get canceled. That's why they don't continue on. Because you can change things from a book to a movie and still get away with it. But if you don't capture that, like, I don't know, it factor. (laughs) Yeah. No matter what you change, no matter what you keep, it's not going to work.
1: So, yeah, I think they were afraid, which I... I don't think studios should be afraid of making really great movies geared towards children because they can still be, I love the Harry Potter movies. I even the first two, which are I would say are obviously the youngest of the Harry yeah. Potter movies because the kids are kids in them they're 11 and then 12 respectively. And Chris Columbus, who also was a part of making the Percy Jackson movies, it said at the begini- beginning, beginning a Chris Columbus film, I don't know if he directed it, but he was involved in some way. But he did the first two movies. He very much, and when I watched behind the scenes, he was very much focused on these are kids. This is a book for kids. This is centered around children having adventures. We have to remember at the core of everything that these are 11 year olds. How would an 11 year old respond? You know, and they don't dumb it down because 11 year olds are not dumb. Children are not dumb, they're younger but they're not dumb and I think what studios are afraid of is when they try to gear toward younger audiences they're afraid that they have to come out with these dumb cheesy movies and yeah, maybe I that's why you didn't them. bring that spirit and I hate that because I watched Harry Potter as young as eight and it was one of my favorite movies and it became my favorite book series growing up like I was reading four or five by the time I was 10 and I'd say those are a lot more mature Mm. i was still able to read them and understand at 10 that's not that's only a year younger than like the kids in percy jackson and in the book anyway like you don't need you can have a cheesy fun movie that's geared towards kids but have it still be a good movie because the books are cheesy and fun and geared toward kids but i still think they're good books
0: yeah you know, and you don't you don't have to sacrifice story And I feel like that's what that's what a lot of this movie did was it sacrificed story, it sacrificed characters and character development, character relationships, all so that we could see this epic quest and hit certain points. And that was that was it. And I don't know, I, there are certain movies out there that I actually like the movie better than the book. Um, So I'm not like, I'm not a firm believer that the book is always better no it's, not at it's all typically true but I've definitely read some books and then watched the movie and been like yeah that was a better choice <laughs> mind. um what start- you know, oh don't even get me started on Stardust <laughs> <laughs> I for those of you who don't now. know I'm sorry if you love that book I didn't like the book Stardust I loved the movie Stardust and they are very different yeah um and, and the Divergent series is one I actually like the movie better than the book. They didn't actually finish that one either.
1: Um, no, I that was always made me sad. I kind of wanted to see where the movies how the movies would finish it off. That, yeah, that means I about wanted- the books but I, I do know about the <laughs> books from you because I was there. When the audiobook was play. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah I was I was sad about that. But yeah, I agree. There, no the matter the medium, it's hard to find books and movies both that go together that you like both. Again, I think Harry Potter is a good example. Except for the fourth Harry Potter, we will eventually do the Harry Potter movies,
0: so you will hear my thoughts on Harry Potter four. <laughs> I like Harry <laughs> Potter four, so we're gonna have we're gonna have some conversations. <laughs> I will point out the reasons
1: I don't. I don't think it's the most horrible movie. I should clarify. Out of all the movies, it's my least favorite. That does not mean I think it's like the worst movie ever made or a hateful movie. In a series, you're always going to have a least favorite. That doesn't mean you hate it. It just means out right. of all of them, you prefer it. I prefer for the least. I could go watch one, two, three, and skip right to five and
0: be fine. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because, sorry, <laughs> we're going off on a major tangent, guys. We we we're just going to have so a very hard well,
1: yeah, can- sorry guys. But Moving anyway, on, go- back
0: to Percy Jackson and how- why we yeah. are doing this podcast. Now that we've spent like <laughs> a half an hour talking about other movies and what compares to, but um, because my- Percy Jackson,
1: no. the biggest move, the biggest overall note of Percy Jackson is that they didn't do a good job of translating the story from the book to the story on screen. And even as a movie, while it's not like the worst movie ever made, you're right, they do. They don't take time, excuse me, they do not take time to focus on the story or the characters growing or like all they had to do. They had this beautiful, even though it's not what happened in the book, they had this beautiful drive from Nashville to L.A. They couldn't have had like a heartfelt conversation at any point during that time. Instead, they have Grover like falling asleep at the wheel and them almost crashing. Like They couldn't
0: well and then they like pull over to a, where did they get their money is what I really want to know <laughs> like they just have infinite amounts of money um but like they co- how the <laughs> and he like it was funny because there's a part in the movie where he um she after the Medusa thing which we'll talk about that but anyway he basically we find out in the capture the flag game that he can heal himself with water and um during this motel stay he uh reveals that he can heal her as well so he can heal other people well with water and yeah. i was just thinking like wow that is some major like plot armor like he's like invincible <laughs> um and but nothing ever comes of that like nothing ever happens i don't know if they're if it happens in a second movie i haven't seen a second movie um but I, like nothing ever comes of that. Like not even their like relationship doesn't get any like that that moment. Like almost, they almost have a moment of like genuine friendship or whatever. But it's just kind of like, oh cool, you can heal my arm. That's great. Yeah. The, the end. Th- that that's all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just, like, right is- I was just like to It's just too <laughs> weird to take it further. <laughs> It's like you have that. Like they actually spent the time to get them to a motel. They spent the time to like show that he can heal her. They spent the time to like do stuff, and then they just it just fell flat. Like it, yeah. it never went anywhere. So I was really disappointed with that. Anyway, back to the the story of it. Um, before they go to the motel, they meet up with Medusa, and yes. um, that was interesting. Um yeah. uh, Uma
1: Thurman flirts- is a sorry. Huh? I was going to say she first with Percy but call, yeah, Uma Thurman who's I
0: think is a great actress. She is. I have seen her in some really bad roles. Um yeah, particularly Batman and, and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it, yeah. <laughs> that was not um that was not the best movie ever made. Um we'll have to do some Batman series. <laughs>
1: Ooh, let's, let's do the old batman series actually let's do the george clooney and keaton
0: movies oh yeah <laughs> no you guys my childhood was batman movies don't even like i'm I'm a weirdo I, I was not a normal little girl i liked batman movies it was funny but anyway so uma thurman that's that's how i knew Uma thurman is she was poison ivy so i always associate that with her um, and then she comes out and she is, she has her hair wrapped up. She's got the sunglasses on and she is acting very Poison Ivy-esque. And I just had so many flashbacks in that moment. I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I, she's not a bad actress. It's just the lines are so cheesy and everything was, and I, I didn't understand why Annabeth and that woman just, sat there with their eyes closed and like didn't move like that was one thing yeah, um and uh, starting from that. the very beginning why do these children not run like a minotaur is attacking why are you not running medusa is there why are you not running <laughs> like so yeah, many times i was like why are you standing there and then like um they're about to go into olympus at the end and luke is like no i'm here to fight you And it's like, you're literally like, once again, the bad guy is (laughs) away from you. And then you and then the door just go towards the door. (laughs) Guys, (laughs) if you are between the bad guy and the door, you can just go through the door. Run like none of them. None of the children in this movie knew how to run. I didn't. I didn't understand that. So they're at Medusa's house she's turning everything to stone she turns the lady to stone and and she has annabeth's arm in her hand and then grover comes and smashes her hand off of annabeth and i'm like that was a person like you just watched a person die and you're just you you're cool with it like no reaction whatsoever to a woman dying in front of you (laughs) and then you smashing her arm off and then they drive the truck in to save Percy and they just smash all of these statues of all of these people that are that are dead. Like it just that was yeah, that was a little that was a little morbid for me. So yeah. please don't think about that too hard. But like Again in the book very <laughs> very, very different.
1: Could not be more different in the book of everything
0: yeah um, so it just, so basically they stand there and listen to medusa talk oh you know monologue for like 20 minutes of the movie and they're just standing there and they uh, while she has her sunglasses on you know like when she takes her sunglasses off i can understand maybe you didn't want to run because you had your eyes closed i would have still like would have tried to run like or at least walk away you know mm-hmm. um but they don't they just stand there and try and like pray that she goes away on her own um and it happened several times i did think it was clever that he uses the phone case to um look her in the mirror you know like to look around corners so he doesn't look her straight in the eye um yes. except for the fact that in the actual medusa myth um perseus perseus yeah perseus Um, Mm -hmm. Perseus actually uses a shield as a mirror, and she shoots herself, and that's how she dies. (laughs) So, reflections don't actually really save you, but, um, like, you can't look at her reflection any, um, any more than you can just, like, straight up look at her. So, she's not, like, the disk? No, she's not, like, the yeah she's not like the basilisk if you look at her reflection she can still turn you to stone that's okay. how, like that's how they defeat her is she turns herself to stone because she looks at herself she looks at her reflection okay so in the book I think that might not have been her that might not have been that, medusa that might have just been the, another gorgon but
1: in the anyway. book they mentioned the original perseus and percy says he thought well he doesn't say it, he's thinking he's like he was pretty sure that the first way she died was that she was asleep when Perseus chopped off her head um but he but then he was like she's not asleep now so like then what do I do and then Annabeth hands him like this I can't remember what it was it wasn't a phone case but it was something reflective and she was the one telling him to use the reflection Hmm. so that's what happens in the book that's at least part of what I'm not going to go into the entire everything because again it would take so long because it's so different from the movie but that's part of it in, in the book
0: um, my next note was, whose truck was that?
1: I'm assuming it's the, so again, the, the man and woman, the woman specifically who dies in front of their eyes, she's not in the book, but I'm assuming in the movie, they're saying it was the truck that belonged to the man and woman who stopped for the directions and then returned to stone. What a way to go. <laughs> so not only do they, you know, watch them die, I but they also, you know, steal her
0: truck yeah um sorry i'm thinking about the myth of perseus and i'm like i know he uses her head to turn um that monster to stone so he can save the girl on the rock oh so and maybe I, have movie mention, movie. I have to mention the
1: really funny part from the book that's different from the movie you just reminded Go me for it. sorry so after they cut off medusa's head they do cover it without looking at it at all percy jackson decides to have a bit of a cheeky moment can you tell i've been watching a lot of british tv cheeky i mean have a cheeky (laughs) moment and he takes the wrapped head and he goes into like her place of business and finds a shipping label that hermes uses because hermes is the one you know who takes all the mail between the gods and everything and he packages her head and addresses it to the gods of olympus and drops a few drachmas in there and then hermes hermes himself doesn't show up and take it but like it disappears and you know it's gone to like wherever hermes is his mail is for him to deliver like he literally sends her head to olympus
0: so he doesn't kill his stepfather with it at the end Okay, so Poseidon sends the head back to the apartment because he does
1: know what's happening with Sally and Gabe. Percy does not use it, though. He leaves it with Sally to decide what to do with it. At first, she's very much against it, but then apparently Gabe got worse. And so she did use it, sold the statue of Gabe to an art museum, got a ton of money, bought a new place, and enrolled in school to finish her degree.
0: Yeah, I'm not okay with murder. I don't know why.
1: I don't know. I'm thinking in the book, being turned to stone doesn't mean you're dead, but I can't remember. But no, I agree. I agree that murder is not okay, but that is what happens in the book. Um, in the book, Gabe is very much... It could have been a life and death situation. He's very much not a kind or a gentle person in any way, shape, or form. And you know, he, he you know for a fact that he beat Sally. So. Anyway, I'm not just trying to justify. I'm just saying that's what happens in the book. But originally <laughs> they so he sends the head off so they don't keep it like they do in the movie. The head gets sent to Olympus.
0: OK, I, I'll buy that. So um, my next one is they go to Nashville and they find the second pearl. And, um, they fight a Hydra, um, that was the janitors. And then like, while they're fighting it, all of a sudden Annabeth has a bow and arrow and like a quiver on, like a quiver <laughs> of arrows on the back. And I was just like, has she been wearing that the whole time? Cause I don't think she was wearing that. And then she's not wearing it at the end of the scene. So I don't know if she has magical bow and arrow powers where she can just like summon it from nowhere, <laughs> but yeah, she randomly no. has bow, uh, bow and arrows. so I don't know. That's not from the book
1: either, going. like that whole part and the magical bow and arrow are not from the book, so I don't know, I think it was just them honestly having a really major mishap, like, oh, we'll give her bow and arrow for the scene and then just take it away, and no one will notice the thing.
0: Yeah. I noticed <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know um,
0: anyone watching the movie noticed and then they go to Las Vegas and yeah. they go into a casino and yeah. no one stops the underage people which just so you know if you go to Vegas you will not be treated that way people who are not 21 are not allowed on casino floors <laughs> let alone just wandering around the casino and gambling and yeah so that was I was like wait what? No, that's not right. Like I would never do that. <laughs> and and then of course it turns out that it's actually like a um, Lotus Eaters Island. Um, now is a Vegas uh, casino, so you know whatever. Um, that was weird and kind of just just weird, and it didn't really serve any purpose to the plot because. I mean, I guess they get the pearl. But yeah, it was just like it didn't they were kind of in a trance, so they didn't ever do any character development. There wasn't a lot of action. There was like if you're if you're going to not have an action sequence there, because that's what you just keep doing, shouldn't you have had some sort of like character development or something? Like he does hear his father, his father kind of saves him, but then he's like, He goes over to his friends and he's, like, yelling at them, like, no, this is wrong. And, like, and then, like, all of a sudden they're, like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, they just kind of snap out of it, whereas it took him a long time to kind of, like, he was looking for something. And so, like, he kept turning down the flowers and then he figured it out, like, slowly. But then they're, like, no, this is, why would we want to leave? We're just here to have fun. And then he's, like, no, they're, like, we have to go. And then they're, like, oh, yeah, definitely. And they're, like, awake again. So it took him a long time to wake up and it didn't take them very long to wake up. Then they jump into a car that was on display and there's just the keys in it because that's what casinos do. They leave (laughs) cars with the key in it so that teenagers can just drive away. that's, That's totally realistic. Okay, even if you like, because a lot of the times people will have like, if you find a key in this envelope... Or if your key opens the door or whatever, then you win the car. Like, but at no point would they just leave a spare set of keys in the car. <laughs> like, no, they no. wouldn't. That that was slightly unrealistic. Uh, <laughs> but there's a lot of convenient things that happen in this sh- in this show, this movie. Then they go to my next note is Persephone hitting on. Um, Rover. A
1: child. and Percy, yeah, I don't think that happens in the book. I'll be honest, I really didn't. That wasn't part that I read specifically. Um, I don't think I don't even remember honestly if they meet Persephone.
0: Well, I didn't like her at all, so no, I, don't. And I like that actress. I was waiting
1: to, to see if I if I put anything from the book because I also took notes from the book. So it's funny, I, I was reading through them to see if I found anything. Oh, so yeah, I'm gonna stop mentioning differences between book and movie. It's um, <laughs> just take the whole time, but there are so many differences. Anyway, yeah, I thought Persephone hitting on them was really weird. I didn't like Persephone. I missed the three-headed dog, which is in the book. That's the only change I'll mention at this point moving forward is <laughs> three-headed dog is in the book. Cer- Cerberus, Cerberus? Cerberus. Cerberus Cerberus the three-headed dog I kind of miss it it was cute in the book he liked to play fetch and that's how they got past him into where they could find Hades <laughs> was like mm-hmm. aunt, he loved Annabeth Annabeth was like his favorite person she played fetch with him and she like gave him rubs and it was so funny and cute and as they and they told Hades that he used to play with his dog more because his dog was neglected and also in the book, okay, sorry, one more, one more difference. So the something was also stolen from Hades, so there were two items, magical items, stolen: the Helm of Darkness from Hades and the Master Bolt from Zeus. Hades is mad at Percy because he thinks Percy stole both, and he wants his Helm of Darkness back. So I feel like I should mention that because motivations are different from the book in the in the movie. For things,
0: yeah. They I'm don't think of
1: this at all in the movie, not that I saw, which I I keep saying I understand like I understand like they wanted to cut time and stuff, but Harry Potter had a lot of crap in it, and they only managed to cut out very s- small pieces of it,
0: yeah, it's uh, yeah I haven't read the books in in any entirety at all, so I don't know exactly what would have been better to cut it like to do it, but I can tell you that. <laughs> Just from watching the movie, there were better ways to tell this story. And if the story had been for them to go get to each individual place and get a pearl from each individual place following a map that showed them the next step, I would have changed that going from book to movie. If that had been the story, I would have changed it. (laughs) Because that's not good pacing. (laughs) No. So, um, So that is all I can say is that I would have changed it to where um they had time together as characters and that they had time to become friends and to be friends as kids that's a different dynamic than being kids or being friends as teenagers it's a very different dynamic and so I think like there should have been moments and they they had the time they just didn't use it wisely I don't feel like and again I still enjoyed this movie like the characters were good they just didn't they didn't develop it. any. you know, like the only thing that Percy who um, is the main character, the only development that he really goes through is now he knows who his dad is and he knows he has powers, but him as a character, he doesn't change at all. He doesn't grow at all. You know, like with, again, I'm going to compare it to Harry Potter. Harry had no friends. He didn't know how to be around people. He would had been abused his whole life by the end of the first book he has he realizes that he's a brave person he knows like he has a place that he belongs he's grown as a person because of the experiences that he's had i don't feel like percy really grew as a person in this movie you know he didn't really change at all he didn't discover like even one or two new traits as a person he just found new powers yeah, yeah so it just yeah not saying that like every action heroes typically don't have character arcs they have flat character arcs and so if they were going for like an action hero then they totally nailed it <laughs> he is a he is a teenage action hero and it and it worked that's what that's what you do with action heroes is typically They are, you know, like Indiana Jones doesn't go through a lot of character development because he's kind of the same guy in every story. You know, he's he's a finished product. And these are the adventures that he goes on. Um, And that's kind of where Percy Jackson fell. And I don't think that's would have been the case (laughs) for a child, because just by growing up. A child is going to go through character development, (laughs) you know, like just just the passage of time, you know, we'll do that. So, um, I don't have very many notes left. I just have two, well, three, cause, but I already kind of mentioned it. Um, Luke attacks them when they're going back to Olympus and, um, they don't run. And I don't know why. And then like, I don't know why Annie and or Annabeth and the mom don't run. I don't know why Percy doesn't run. Like I just, I don't, I don't get it guys. Like, if he had been blocking your way, that would have made sense. But he was not blocking your way. You were blocking his way. Anyway. Um, And then my next note is um, he he uses the shoes, the flying shoes, and then he falls, and then he fights Luke, and then he walks up to the shoes. So the shoes fell off him when he fell to the ground
1: you know i didn't see that i wasn't paying that close of attention because i was writing a note about this doesn't happen in the book but i don't know (laughs) they're really inconsistent already with uh the quiver full of arrows and the bow so who knows maybe they forgot he had shoes because like he
0: because like he sees he they focus the camera on his little shoes because like the the uh, Luke broke one of the wings, yeah, and I was just like, "Wait, his shoes came off! Like, when did his shoes come off?" Anyway, do you have any notes for that time?
1: Um, in the I know I said I'd stop mentioning differences, but I feel like it's really important. Motivations are so important. Hades in the book does not want a war. In fact, he wants death to stop because he says that the underworld is overcrowded. Um. Percy, Grover, and Annabeth make it out of the Underworld. Percy's mom does not make it out at that point in time. Um, Luke does not attack them on top of the Empire State Building. And also, for movie. so going back to, like, the movie movie, so Percy's mom, you know, she comes back with them, they're on top of the Empire State Building. How on earth does she know the entrance to Olympus?
0: I'm going to say Poseidon showed her
1: that's what on one thinking, of their dates. But, <laughs> <like>, <laughs> the no, but she doesn't actually enter the
0: room. No, but she got into the elevator. And she got yeah. to look out the elevator. I mean, that's a romantic date, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> just standing in an just, ele- I mean, elevator. If a guy, okay, but if a guy took you to the top of the Empire State Building... Opened a magical door and then took you on a golden elevator that opened up into a beautiful like <laughs> uh, cloud golden world. You, you weren't allowed to go in it, but you got to see it. I mean, you'd you, you be mush. You'd totally melt for it.
1: <laughs> okay, so in the movie world, uh, I showed Sally how to get to Olympus. That's what I'm going with. Okay, because I was like, how, of all the people, does she know the entrance to Olympus? Honestly, that's my last note. Not because I didn't have notes beyond that, but because I was so tired of, of writing the differences down <laughs> between the two. Luke doesn't yeah. eventually betray, betray Percy. We do find out that he is the one who stole the bolt and the hell of darkness. He's working for Kronos. But this all happens after they're back in camp, after everything on Olympus. And the mom does get returned back to her apartment by Hades. Hades is not a bad guy. Um, and he does return her back once he realizes that one Percy did not steal his Helm of Darkness. And they actually find out who did steal the Helm of Darkness and send it back to Hades. That's a whole sideline involving Ares, who's not in the movie at all. So they don't have that storyline at all. But Ares plays a big part in this book
0: interesting um my last note was did he kill luke no luke is very much alive okay because it it kind of looked like he killed luke yes it does (laughs) but he's very much alive (laughs) and he plays a big part for a long time in in the world of percy jackson okay just just to clarify, I'm like, why are we why are we okay with this 14-year-old just killing another 14-year-old? This is not the Hunger Games. This is <laughs> this is mid-grade. <laughs> yeah. So say, that was my last even, note. Yeah. I will say even the monsters
1: they kill, they never actually quote unquote die. Um I explain it in the book. I can't remember the exact timeline, but basically when you use the weapon. On your your swords or arrows or whatever you use on the monsters, they turn to dust. They return to the underworld, but they eventually come back to Earth. So they you you get rid of them for a while, but they always return. That's why there's constantly monsters coming back, and that's why Medusa is there, even though she's been killed, she keeps coming back. So they never mm-hmm. quote unquote die. So it's not they're not even having the kids legitimately kill monsters. <laughs> you see, no, they're. They're definitely, they come back. Yeah. They lose the same monsters.
0: Well, that was my last note. Um, I didn't mind at all the way that they did Olympus. I didn't mind the talk with the dad and him because it actually felt like a genuine moment because yeah. he was kind of a punk teenager and his dad didn't really know what to do. So we just kind of info dumps and it, it worked for me. So, yeah. um, and then I did have an issue with the fact that he opens the, or she dumps the jerk boyfriend or husband, I don't know. And yeah, she dumps him and then tells do not open the fridge. He opens the fridge and he turns to stone, which in the movie they establish that they are dead once they turn to stone because he just whacks that girl's arm off and they plow into them and when Medusa is killed, they do not come back. So when you turn to stone, you are dead. So he is now dead and I mean, it's technically his fault because he shouldn't have gotten to her fridge, but yeah, I, I didn't necessarily like that, but that was my last note. Overall. I think it was, it was a, it was a good movie. It was enjoyable, um, but it didn't have any depth to it that made it memorable or made it like a classic. Um, yeah. I, like I said, I watched this movie before And I remembered absolutely nothing about it. (laughs) Like I watched it again. I remembered the beginning of it because he said he was dyslexic. And I thought that that was great that they had um, like representation for dyslexic people. I just because I'm dyslexic. So I was like, oh, cool. They like made it into a mythical power. Like he can read Greece and oh, he's ADHD. And that just is like his um, that actually means he's really good in battle. Um, I like that they did that and that was literally all I remembered from the movie like yeah. the rest of it when I'm watching it this time I was like huh I don't remember any like I didn't remember that Luke was a bad guy I mean it was obvious that he was a bad guy but I did yeah. not remember that at all <laughs> yeah and the- I didn't remember yeah. that when Thurman was Medusa nothing nothing <laughs> I will say I watched this movie
1: actually not that long ago because my husband wanted to watch them and I also remembered very little <laughs> from it and I watched it a lot late, like more recently than you did um, I had tried to watch it in the past but when I watched it I w- was a lot closer I think I was actually had just finished or was finishing the second Olympian um, book series when they're all much older and so I was very much offended and I didn't get through even 30 minutes of it <laughs> I was just like what is this monstrosity but Yeah, I don't think it's very memorable. I was shocked when I heard they made a second one, which we will be reviewing next week. In my opinion, the second one does a bit better job. I am anxious to hear your opinions on Annabeth's hair because they try, they try, Taya, to make her blonde. (laughs) They try to make her not
0: look like his sister? Yeah, they tried. Well, I'm glad of that. So we'll (laughs) we'll find out next week. Um... (laughs) I like I said I didn't hate the movie um but I I hadn't read the book so that's probably yeah. why I didn't hate the movie I just um yeah the book the, I think again it's because it didn't capture the
1: spirit and also because the quest was so completely different and it did dumb it down you know
0: yeah it did it was a very down. simple quest <laughs> it was the storyline of it is very like I've been to a lot of um story writing and creative writing so like the quest of three, um, is a is the very first thing you learn. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's amateur hour. It's like it's the quest of three, where you have to go and do three um things, and they literally had three pearls to get. <laughs> you know, yeah. like they literally had three um, assigned. Three, like um, I don't even know what they're called. Locations. Anyway. Yeah, there's like there's three challenges that you have to do, basically. And you have to make it through these three challenges and then you and then the next thing in the story is you have uh you get betrayed and then you have a final battle. Literally that's what happened <laughs> in the movie. Like it was so textbook story. Um that I was kind of like, well, yeah, I mean it's mid grade, I-, I guess, but if it's not even the story from the book, it doesn't make sense. Like, why did they make it that way? <laughs> if- yeah,
1: the book has more than the three challenges. I just went through my book notes and I was like counting how many monsters they met and like places yeah, no, there's more than three.
0: Well, and and even if they, like even if they had three, it shouldn't be so apparent as, hey you have to go get three pearls, you know, it can be like, so they go to this place, but then they encounter this bad thing. And then they have to go to this place, and they encounter this bad thing. And then they have to go to this place. That is the typical way to do the three challenges storyline. Yeah. Not just hey, you need to do these three things. <laughs> like it was literally just, yeah. I don't know, as someone who has studied storytelling a lot, I was just like, this is literally like, my very first lesson in creative writing and creative storytelling was, okay, you have the hero's journey, you have the quest of three, and you have, you know, all, um, save the cat, you know, like all of these different story structures that you learn. And that was like the most basic one that people don't use anymore because a lot of Greek mythology uses it. And that's what I was thinking was like, um, but like, um, in Greek mythology, they use it to tell the story, not necessarily yeah. like that was what happened. That's just kind of how they did it. So most people don't use it anymore because it's so overdone and it's cliche, and you have to find another way to make it seem not so obvious. And they yeah. do not. They just yeah. So I think my
1: overall thoughts for the movie were they tried to be really serious with the acting. And kind of like the dark clothing and everything, but they simplified the story to the point where it was very kind of dumbed down, even beyond the book, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, okay, you're trying to make the series that you, you cast older actors to play the roles of the main characters. You cast freaking Sean Bean, who's wonderful, and at least he doesn't die in this movie. But. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he dies in every movie. He doesn't die in this one. Maybe that's why he was so excited to take it on. I don't know. But, like, they, they got these really great serious actors, and then they had them play out this, like, serious drama that didn't really match the ease of the quest or the storyline.
0: I agree. It was very much didn't know its identity.
1: So that was my biggest problem with it. I, I don't mind. I really can separate books from movies, but when you take... You, you don't even bring the spirit with you because I I I do know that there's a lot of differences between, for example, again, Harry Potter and even Lord of the Rings, or some differences between the books and the movies. I could still appreciate the storytelling done in the movies because, as you said, they retained the spirit and it's still good storytelling. This one yeah. didn't have didn't know its identity, so the storytelling was a bit iffy, and it just completely it changed not just the quest. And the and everything it changed. It it changed the audience, but I don't know what they were trying like, what audience they were trying to get.
0: Yeah, I agree. but The, the audience wasn't clear. So, <clears throat>
1: those are my thoughts on it. I am excited for the second movie. A lot of people consider the second movie to be the best of the two movies. Um, the guy from Firefly, Nathan Fillion, is in the second movie, so we have that to look forward oh. to. I'm excited. (laughs) Uh, That's it for the first Percy Jackson one. Um, We'll be talking about the second one next week, Sea of Monsters. I will be reading the book over the next week. So I'm prepared to see what differences they have in store this time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will not be reading the book. I will just watch the movie and take notes and we will talk about it. (laughs) And one of these days we're going to have to do a movie where I know the source material (laughs) and you don't. well, stardust i've never read stardust i don't want to oh well i was like i don't want to reread stardust uh, uh yeah um, we'll, think of next, one. We'll, we'll think of some good ones if you guys have any suggestions of course you can always comment on our facebook page our instagram and our twitter and we will uh be sure to respond to any of those you can also message us back here on anchor and uh, yeah, so Your Little Sisters Productions, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, it's all Your Little Sisters Productions. Sorry for the,
1: what was it, the tangent over to Harry Potter, but you, you can't <laughs> not compare it to Harry Potter. So anyway, that is it for this week, and we will see you guys next week, or talk to you guys next week is better, more accurate. Okay, so this is Laura <laughs> signing off.
0: <laughs> This is Kaya signing off. <laughs> Bye. Bye.